millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. What is up, guys? How is it going? I am Alex Hoban, winner of Series 1 of Channel 4's The Circle, and we are back for Episode 3 of Dishonest Fun, the official Circle podcast. Buzzing hashtag three is a magic number. Anyway, as you guys know by now, in each episode, I'll be indulging in some dishonest fun with a panel of celebrities, comedians and experts as we explore the light and the shade of human interaction. Today, we're getting all competitive as we discuss winning at life. The circle is a competition and most people go on there to win. Who doesn't want to walk away with £100,000, right? So we're here today to discuss how competition has seeped into our everyday lives. Competing against each other today for the title of the best podcast guest, joking, kinda, we have presenter and comedian, Sideman, YouTube sensation and expert catfish George Mason and author, public speaker and founder of the online platform Fuck Being Humble, Steph Sword Williams. Welcome, guys. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I, I didn't know if I was going to wait for someone else to speak. But, uh, no, in a, on a podcast of people being competitive, I was expecting more. Yeah, was that expect- was a game for me was who was going to, whoever talks first is a loser. So. I was, whoever talks first is a winner. No, I was like, somebody's got to go first. <laughs> so you, now, now you sound eager. You know that's true. I was just letting the men speak first. You know. Awesome, but yeah, um, next time, Alex, just include that sex symbol thing in my description as well. Oh, I my management oh. did send it to you guys, so don't oh, don't, sorry, don't yeah. jump over it. Um, respect my craft. Of course, of course. <laughs> who, who, that was my mistake. Sex symbol side man is on the is on the on the podcast today. Um, guys, we're talking about winning at life today and what better way to kick off than a little competitive icebreaker so what we've got is each of you guys are going to give me a fact the most interesting fact you can ever imagine and I'm going to decide which one's the best and who takes home the title of winning at life right now okay so we're going to go to George first George my fact I thought I'd stick on the sort of catfishing theme uh, and I thought I'd let you know something I did so about a year ago now I tricked a country into believing my cousin was Harry Styles. Wow. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Okay. My one question on this is, which country was it? It was China. (laughs) Jesus. Okay, that is a a pretty big country. All right. That's that's an incredible fact. Sideman, hit me with your your fact. Mine is... Very simple in comparison to that. I literally was just going to let you know that I sleep with a replica of Thor's hammer beside my bed every night. That's it. That's the and, interesting fact. And 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 why do you do that? Um, I'm a fan of Thor. I like holding the hammer in my hand. No pun intended. <laughs> 
I was, I was thinking it may be like a symbol of power and you wake up feeling powerful and, and you and you draw that power from your... No, from just your, a nerd. Just a nerd. It, it could be useful if someone tries to break in, I guess. Ah, uh, not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, at least you know you're worthy because you can pick it up. Exactly. When go. other people pick it up, I get angry. <laughs> I can imagine. Okay, Steph, hit me with your, your best fact. It's pretty hard to follow both of those, I'm not going to lie. Uh, but my once was an actually actually good fact, maybe not in comparison to these guys, but uh, my great, 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 great uncle is one of the tallest men in the world. Wow. Now, okay, how tall is he? He was 7 foot 11. Wow. And he was 28 stone. Um, really happy that neither of those aspects have, you know, trickled down the family tree <laughs> to, to me. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, he is he is Arthur Cayley. He is the Isle of Man giant, if anybody wants to research it. I get wow. jealous at stuff like that. Like, God gave some people so much height, you couldn't just lend me some, like you couldn't just <laughs> evenly proportion out the height. It's just unfair. <laughs> okay, I've got to say, Sideman and George, your facts compared to that one were, were just awful. Yeah. yeah <laughs> that is amazing. And, and please tell us more. Is it, so that's true, right? Yeah, totally. It's one of those things that for years my granddad pestered me with the family tree and I was like, I really just, I don't care. And it wasn't until he, he came up with the goods and was like, no, no, we're actually related to a giant uncle. And I put it on my CV and uh, let people know. So I always make the joke because I teach a lot of people on how to promote themselves is if an interviewer only remembers me as the girl with the giant uncle, at least I'm remembered. Yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, I'm sure you probably draw on that. I would call it, uh, and I'll probably get told off for this, but big dick energy. Yeah. I'm drawing on that for your fuck being humble uh, publication and, and going down that avenue and teaching people how to be more competitive and, and not to be so sort of humble and, and polite, I guess. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm all for the big dick energy, so that's totally fine by me. But I, uh, I absolutely pull it out whenever I need to. Um, no pun intended. Um, <laughs> I absolutely wheel that that fact out whenever I need to sort of drop some bombs, essentially. Steph, give me your sort of competitive side. Are you competitive, and and where do you think that competitive sort of nature came from? So this is such a funny question. I actually asked my boyfriend earlier, I was like, do you think I'm competitive? And there was like that really awkward long pause. And I was like, okay, that's question answered. <laughs> uh, but what I think, I actually think I'm personally, I'm competitive if I know I'm going to win, but I'm not competitive <laughs> if I don't think I can win it. So People like you are the worst. <laughs> yeah, I, well, that's that's the, that's the ideal, really. That's how I want people to see me as the worst. <laughs> but no, I always feel like I would... It, you know, for example, like quizzes, I absolutely fucking hate them and have no intention of like ever doing well in them. So just kind of, I'd much rather be the host than I would be a participant. But if I know I'm good at something, I'll usually push myself to do well at it. I don't, what I don't like is the the need to like, if, if you want to see how many miles I run to motivate yourself, that's fine. But I don't want you to then pressure me because if it makes me feel crap, then I don't feel any better for that process. So I think I did come from quite a competitive family when I think about it, but I actually, I'm only competitive at the things I know I'll probably win at. Yeah, I mean, Sideman, I, I hear that you're big into your board games. Yes. So I'd like to know. I'd like to know whether any of that applies to you. Are, are you competitive all the way through, or are you competitive until until you're losing at something? I have. I don't have a competitive bone in my body. 
And that's <laughs> why I enjoy board games. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't get board game fatigue because I was never playing it to win. I kind of play board games to be a pest on the board. I kind of just, I kind of just like to cause trouble. Like there's been board games where I play in a way that doesn't make me win. It makes who I decide I want to win to win. I'm trying to do the most annoying thing. So let's say somebody was just about to win. I'll just play in order to sabotage them and take their glory away. But I think I, I just, I cannot find it within myself to be competitive about something that doesn't have any real life stakes. You know what I mean? So if, sure. if whether it's a board game or a video game, like I just can't find it within me. There's no real life stakes. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I rate that. I think that's a good mindset to have, actually. And I, I, I feel like I'll take that on. Can I just chip okay. in and yeah, say, Sideman, I love that you said I was the worst person and then admitted <laughs> to being the person that basically sabotages all board games. <laughs> yeah. You know what? That is true. But how I, how I, the one type of sabotage that I cannot stand and I'll genuinely lock you off as a friend for in real life is the people that are willing to destroy the board or throw it over. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. If you do that to me once, we may never speak again. I can imagine. You have no, you have no honor. Yeah. That's disrespectful to, to the, to your, the other players and the game. Um, George, lastly on you and your competitiveness, I think what I'd like to hear here is, are you competitive in terms of social media and followings and, and, like the need to get content out there um, because I can imagine being a YouTuber and having to do that. You're constantly trying to think of ideas yeah. and if you're not making content, other people could be. Yeah, I think, I think I'm competitive like when it comes to stuff like I care about. If I, if I want to win something, I'm, I'm going to be competitive about it. Whereas if it's something like, you know, like a board game, I, I probably wouldn't be, I'm not the type of person that's like has to win every game they play. Uh, in terms of social media, I think definitely there is like a, need to sort of be competitive and like there's always obviously other people doing stuff and you kind of have to keep an eye on them to see what they're doing i guess not so much in a competitive way but just to sort of keep on top of everything to see like sort of see what trends are going on and whatnot but um yeah i don't i i think i i would say i'm competitive but you know essentially just when hopefully when it only really when when it matters not so much uh, unnecessary competitiveness. Sure. And and Sideman, you pump out like m- more content than, than half the creators I know on social. <laughs> it's like a constant grind for you. I, I, is that driven by competitiveness or just no, your, your passion? No, it's driven by the extreme desire to retire. <laughs> <laughs> Which is competitive in a way. So, so literally... No, because like other people's goals, any of my goals, my okay. goals aren't my like financial goals and things of that nature aren't even that high in comparison to other people. Like there are other people that are really defined by what they do for a living. I'm not defined by that. I'm defined by doing nothing. Doing nothing is my favorite thing to do. Chilling with my friends, board games, video games, relaxing. So when you see me working hard, it is because I'm barreling towards retirement. <laughs> That's the only reason. And on that note, and this is a question for all three of you, how much money would you need to feel like you've won at life? Just to just to be able to retire, to win and be like, cool, I'm done. Or is it just exponential and you just always need more? Let's go with Steph first. It's a trick question, isn't it? Because whatever number you say, you're either going to go too high or too low. I think I, I'm definitely with you on the wanting to retire early. So I think for me, it's more like, 
smart decisions so that I've got money coming in constantly, even when I retire, would be my goal. So that, you know, make having like a passive income and stuff that that makes sure that I'm always looked after and supported. Not necessarily having a key number that is going to be the deciding factor whether I've made it in life. We're going to need a number though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'll pass over to the guys and see what they say. Oh, that's dodging the question there. <laughs> I'll be honest, yeah. I'll be honest. Like, two million for me. Two mil, okay. Two million. If I've got two million in the... If I know I've got two million liquid and I've got certain investments on the go, like property investments and things of that nature... I can, I'll bow out. It just doesn't mean that much to me. I don't, I don't really do things that are that expensive. Like everything I want to do in life right now, I can do right now. I just can't do it and do nothing at the same time. Do you understand what I'm saying? So for me, it's just, I'm not about trying to be the richest person in the world. I just want to chill. Okay. All right. And so two mil for side, man. What about you, George? What Two million investments. And investments. Okay. Yes. I wouldn't particularly say I want to retire in that sense, just because like doing YouTube's always been something that I've done ever since like I could, you know, when I was like 10, maybe not 10, maybe like 11, 12, uh, I started making videos just for fun, like with no sort of getting any gain from it, just because I wanted to sort of try and entertain people online. And luckily enough for me, I've sort of been able to make that into my job. George, this is this is a podcast about being competitive. I'm not having this. <laughs> you guys are avoiding the questions. <laughs> we need to know a number and, and we will not move on. I'll just sit here in silence until you give me a figure. I said my number. Yeah. All right. Well, I, okay. So I'll say I'm going to need more than two million because I, so I get bored pretty easy. So I couldn't just chill at home, you know. Yeah. Um, I probably need enough money for me to sort of like be able to, if I just wanted to get on a plane and go to like the Maldives, I, I'd need to be able to do that because I've got nothing else to do apparently. Um, so I, I, I mean, maybe Which like- Which is how much? I, I don't know. I don't know how much this stuff costs. I don't go to the Maldives, but I That's reckon- what I'm saying. I'm sure I can go to the Maldives with two, with two million. million. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, but it's going to run out eventually, isn't it? You, know, you, can't, you can't keep going to the Maldives. Just no, that. that's what I'm saying. That's why I said with investment. So for instance- I, that would just be, I've got two mil in the bank right. and my residual is continuing to pay oh, okay. my monthly expenses. Right, kind of yeah. Okay, well, I'll go I'll go five million then. Oh, okay, right. nice, nice. So George has gone for the most. Steph's probably sitting there thinking 100 mil or something. Not <laughs> I, I was actually going to make the joke. I, I think I'm going to go 100 mil because um, due to the gender pay gap, women get paid less anyway. So I've got a lot to recoup. Yeah, I, think that's fair. I think that's fair. <laughs> Flip it on its head. You might as I well. I think that's more than fair. Yeah, 100%. And uh, George, George is going to spend all of that five mil on going to the Maldives. Apparently, yeah. so that's going to be a sick holiday. It's expensive. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So as you guys know, the circle is super competitive. There's a lot of game playing going on. Some people are real. Some people are definitely not. And today, we're going to have a little listen in to the celebrity circle where Will I Am, aka Ricky and Melvin, are conspiring with Big Nasty, who is actually Lady Leisha. Today, mm-hmm. three celebrities ended up in the triangle. Yeah. It's like easily could have been us. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying we need to we need to ramp things up a little bit. And I think Big Nasty obviously will be feeling slightly powerful. Mm-hmm after putting Saffron in that position. Because he changed the whole game. He's changed the game. He's changed the complexion of the game completely. So we should align ourselves with the most powerful player right now. I mean, it's cold, but it sounds good. It's cold-blooded, bro, but listen, (laughs) this is the game. (laughs) Probably going to say, damn, man, if we Saffron into the boss. So message, yo, what's up, Big Nasty? Question mark, exclamation mark. Maybe bold move putting Saffron in the triangle. But I like it. But I like it. But I like it. Between you and me, I like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's go hard or go home. We said that. We're going very hard. We're going hard. <laughs> so I guess the question there is: is what do you guys think of game playing on reality TV? And, That's what uh, you gotta do. I know. It's That's what be- you did it. Yeah, the thing is, and and the thing that's weird that that will be hard to to portray is like when you're in the moment, you're actually like really conflicted about. I wouldn't be conflicted at all. uh, What what would you? What was your? Would your feelings be? Number one, it's funny in this clip because it's just so much. It's lies compounded upon. It's lies squared because Melvin and Ricky ain't who they say they are. Big Nasty isn't who he says he is. So, And then they're both lying to each other about how they feel about a lie that Big Nasty has told, which is really Lady Leisha. So it's literally just like, it is, what I wouldn't even know what, the Rubik's Cube of lies. But um, if I came onto the game show, I think that people will applaud and understand and respect you playing the game. And I think that people find that it's almost disingenuine to try to be genuine, to try to pretend as if you're being genuine. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, people, sure. people are quicker to believe you if you say, you know what, I am playing a game rather than trying to pretend like you're not. Yeah, You definitely. understand what I'm saying? Sometimes trying, to, sometimes trying to seem so genuine can actually backfire, which is, you know, how you won because yeah. you, 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 you were playing a game, but you were honest that it, it was conflicting to you. That's probably how I would fake. I'd pretend I'm conflicted because that worked for you. Yeah, it did. It did. And and to be fair, the confliction was like, I wasn't even aware fully that I was going to have to meet everyone at the end. Yeah. But the fact that I had to do that, and now that people know that, perhaps we'll even play on them even more because they're like, I've got to face the music. I don't know if you've ever thought about it, but just to go back to your, to your season, right? Dan mm. kind of was interested in your character, right? Yeah. When he left the circle... He had feelings for a being that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, it does. It exists in the fact that it was my personality with my girlfriend's lips. No, so if exactly. you wanted a three-way relationship. Exactly. 
Yeah. If I was him, I would have probably had to move to your girl. I'm not even going to lie to you. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you my truth. <laughs> there wasn't any of that, which is cool. And it, it was weird. Everything kind of got <laughs> forgiven quite quickly. But being locked up in, for four weeks and then being put into a room with, with four people who think you're not who you say you are, um, mm. sorry, who you actually are, that you just it's just another level of kind of anxiety. But in terms of th- this game plan and, and sort of mor- back to morality, would you guys care, um, Steph and George, would you care about affecting people's uh, feelings on, on a reality TV show? I think like naturally, like most people, I am a bit of a people pleaser. So I do feel like I always make the joke that there's a way to like positively manipulate people if you can. And I think that's probably the best goal when you're going into these games is like, how can you try and dictate a situation without you necessarily coming across like the really nasty person? Everybody loves a, a villain on a reality TV show. But I also think if you can do it in a bit of a sly way, be a bit more strategic about it than it being like, screw you, I'm going to go take this, then that's probably a better way to build up your relationship. But what I actually quite liked was when they said, like, they should align themselves next to the powerful players because in life, that's essentially what we're taught, right? So all they're doing is, like, living that and practising that on the reality TV show in in the everyday world. If they did that in business, they'd probably end up really rich men. So you kind of get their logic on it. You, You understand why they would be drawn to be doing that. I just think you've got to think about the majority and how you can keep everybody happy as opposed to screwing people over just to try and get one person on board, if that makes sense. Sure. And is that your advice that you would give sort of people that that are looking to be more competitive in real life? Would you say align yourself with the most powerful people? I don't think it necessarily has to be the most powerful people, but I think people that, that hold a presence or can have that can access spaces that maybe you can't has a huge impact on your life. Like I've been working with someone recently who's a vice president of quite a big company and all of a sudden opportunities are happening. I'm looking at what I can do in much different ways. So I do believe that when you are surrounded by people that have either power or influence or will encourage you to behave or do things in a different way that is potentially more progressive than your existing surroundings or friends or groups that you've got then yeah it's always essentially that's what a mentor is right it's it's really important to have those sorts of influences in your life and and I notice the people that do and don't and how far they they succeed as a result very good point and George with your catfishing experience and your ability to make a whole nation think that you know Harry Styles when you don't. Um, what would your game plan be in the circle? And, and would you would you take on this kind of approach that Ricky and Melvin have taken on? Yeah, 100%. I, I think, obviously, there is like the morality side of it, but I think it's a game at the end of the day. It's not like you're, you know, deceiving someone. I mean, obviously, they're real people, but they're, they're, it's not a real-life situation. So, as I said, it's a game. It's like chess, you know, you just got to move your pieces to the right place and hope hope it all works out but yeah i i i don't really see a problem with it in terms of morally because it's a game but i think if i if it was me i'd 100 percent try and sort of you know stay in the person that's winning's good books and then maybe you know when it when it gets to the right time stab them in the back and try and take <laughs> their place um would you sideman just a quick one would you what would you do if you were on the show who would you be I think I would be somebody else because I feel like that would be more fun and engaging for me. Who would it be though? Who would I try to be? Maybe I'd go for like a Trisha Goddard. 
<laughs> the reason <laughs> being is because I talk a lot. Yeah. And I and oftentimes people find the way I speak very analytical. And obviously, you know, she had that show where she really spoke to people. So I feel like I could get away with slightly being myself. Yeah. But just, you know, switching it up a little. Because Ricky and Melvin said that they spoke to uh, Will I Am to get tips. Yeah. In the last they messed episode. up immediately. Yeah. Who, in who, my would, opinion. Would you speak to Trisha to get like <laughs> yeah, inside of course, insights? Of course. But that's what I'm saying. There's certain things that you are going to be more difficult. Choosing Will I Am is a mistake because he's from the States. There's a couple times when they use verbiage and language that just clearly shows that it's not Will I Am because he wouldn't speak like that. And it's too hard for me to start to be thinking about changing my 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 dialect to win this game. Sure. You understand what I'm saying? That it's enough trying to be somebody else without trying to be somebody else from another country with a different culture, with with different phrases and languages. It's too much. You, you saw that with Pete and Sam when they were writing something during a challenge and they put, our time was, but they're <laughs> supposed to be an individual person. And they were like, oh, oh and they're like backtracking. It was pretty jokes. Exactly. Steph, who would you be if you could be anyone or would you be yourself? I, I actually, I agree. I think I'd quite like the challenge of doing the catfishing. I think it would be pretty jokes to do it. I, I mean, I'm a bit of a, you know, undercover fan of, of Gemma Collins. And I do actually think it would be really funny to try and imitate her because I know that's that's already been on the show, but you know, when you're like, she's so easy to do. But I agree on Will I Am as well. Like, I feel like Will I Am is so random. You actually, it's hard to imitate him because you have no idea what he would say next. Whereas Gemma Collins, you only have to watch about 10 clips on Twitter and there are more than enough for you to go at. And yeah, you just once you nail like GC babes and 100% hun, you're good to go. So I, I feel like that she'd probably be one of the easier people to imitate. Okay, so we'll finish on one last question. If you could each give me one tip on how to be better and win at life. We'll start with Steph because obviously your whole publication is based on that. So I'll give some of the boys the other time to, uh, to, to think. But what would your tip be for winning at life? So it's interesting that we're obviously talking about the topic of competitiveness, because I think one of the things that stops us is by trying to compete with others and never actually feeling that fulfilled. And I think from my personal perspective, I actually don't really compete with my peers. I only ever look at what they're doing and go, oh, that's amazing. They're doing that. Maybe I could do that. So one of the most obvious places to start is like I talk about it in my book, actually, just stop comparing yourself negatively against other people and actually start comparing yourself strategically and asking and looking at the things that people are doing and going, OK, how did they get there? What have they done? Have they had introductions? What, what could I do with my time to get to that point? Because then you're focusing on your goals and what you want to achieve as opposed to comparing yourself to someone else's success. And a lot of the time we actually don't know what's gone on behind closed doors, you know, what, how they had to sacrifice things or what they had to commit to to achieve those successes in their lives. So I, I just massively don't compare yourself to, to what you think other people are doing because it's not your priority. Your priority is what your goals are and, and making sure that you achieve that in the best way possible for you. Sure. Um, how about yourself, George? I would just say, in terms of being successful, I would just say do the sort of stuff you want to do. Um, I think I think success comes from happiness within you with what you're doing. If you know if you're waking up every day to do a job you hate, but you're earning loads of money, I wouldn't really class that as successful. Whereas if you're doing a job that you know you wake up and you're excited and you know all you, all you want to do is that, uh, I would class them as a pretty successful person. You know? Yeah. No, I completely agree. 
And Sideman, what would yours be? I would say um, you only have one life, but not in terms of the length of time that you have to live. In terms of numerically, you only have one life and that's yours. I don't have Stephanie's life. I don't have George's life. So sitting there and comparing myself to them and making myself dismayed or discouraged by where they are in their process doesn't serve to improve my life in any way, right? Mm. It doesn't matter where the other person is. I'm where I'm at. And until I do something to change that, until I do something to make myself grow, make myself better, make myself improve, it's not going to happen. That's really interesting. I think all three of those have a theme, which is, kind of like stop competing it's kind of like inspiration not competition use others only compete with yourself and use others as inspiration to progress yourself further and ultimately gain happiness in in george's words i think that's really interesting unfortunately that's all we got time for today guys it's been absolutely awesome to to get your views on things and to talk about winning at life um, it just leaves me to thank my amazing guests, Sideman, George and Steph. Guys, you've been awesome. Thanks for being so kind. Hey, thank, thank you. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you. The Celeb Circle is going out on Channel 4 all this week, so be sure to watch it. If you haven't watched it, what are you doing? And the next time I'll be with you, we'll be bathing in the glory of the winner of the Celebrity Circle as we pop the champagne and celebrate how they did it. The Celebrity Circle is in aid of Stand Up To Cancer, a joint national fundraising campaign from Cancer Research UK and Channel 4 that brings the UK together to speed up the progress in life-saving research. Cancer can affect anyone's life at any time. We only have one option, accelerate life-saving research. Your donations do that. Now is the time to stand up to cancer. Donate now at channel4.com forward slash SU2C. Thanks, guys. See you next time.